Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 274, recorded live. Recorded live, but you'll get it after it's edited. Uh, I am Florence Ion, one of your hosts, and I'm joined here by Andy Anako. Hi, Andy. How are you? I am live. You are live. I feel, I'm feeling live right now. There's Bleep a, it. Uh, Let's do it live. And I'll, and, and I'll tell you why. The, the yoga studio right across the street from my office... Uh, that uh, uh, that unfortunately like closed up during uh, the, ask, d- during okay. the COVID qu- quarantine. Uh, found a new tenant uh, two or three weeks ago, and I was really looking forward to seeing what was going to be because it's a big airy space. It right. curls, it's it would make a really good art gallery because it's got big hardwood floors and huge beautiful natural light. And now it's a hip hop dance studio. Well, I'm saying I'm saying it's a da- it's a dance studio, and they do like dance lessons, and they they also they do ballet, they do modern, but they do a lot of hip hop, and so there's a lot of <laughs> happening at odd hours of the day. I'm not complaining. This is part of the energy of the neighborhood that I live in, which, as I've indicated before, is a borderline touristy slash funky neighborhood, which I enjoy. Uh, the it's a it's a nice little sometimes it's a nice little like metronome over the day that i that like i'll be like linger i'll have lunch at like one and then i'll like be sort of lingering over like watching some movies or watching some stuff and then i'll suddenly hear it's probably it's probably better than three o'clock i should be going i should be going back to work now i was gonna say it's probably better than tibetan singing bowls those can be quite jarring to, to people around. I have heard people who who neighbor the yoga studios that do the Tibetan singing bowl, you know, can be very <laughs> intense. Uh, and hey, you know what? I am very curious to see how they're going to do this whole hip hop dance class with uh, social distancing. They are they are social distancing. I've noticed that I get I can as I'm see, as I'm talking right now I can look into those windows, uh, and there there's no class right now. But they they have been distancing, they have been like uh, masking up, uh, and they do have uh, because it's still uh, the cool autumn as opposed to the cold autumn. They've got the doors and windows all open. That's so nice. Which is probably like, affecting the. That's the best time of year, by the way, in the East Coast. I am jealous that yes. you guys have that because here we just go from summer to what we call Indian summer, which I think I need to look up the origins of that because I probably, I feel yeah. like we should stop calling it that. But uh, it basically references to the fact that uh, it'll get the heat will stay well into November, and then. Out of nowhere, it'll just get really cold. <laughs> so it's no. This is this is the perfect. This is almost the perfect season. This, this is why if people like have a business trip or a vacation, if they decide if they come from like another part of the country to say, "Ooh, remember how like we could visit your aunt?" and it's a perfect time for leaf peeping because the colors. Mm-hmm. This is the time when if you come to visit, you might decide to move, thinking that it's always this cozy and wonderful and pleasant all the time because this is the time when it's still very very nice outside it's nice it's just cool enough that you can once again wear clothing with pockets which is something that i always miss and it's just cool enough to put the comforter back on the bed so now i'm having that productivity hit where it's but it's so cozy in this bed and so i feel like i'm being hugged 
And you're, why, why would I want to like get out of bed and stop feeling like I'm being hugged by a, by someone? And whereas in the in the summer, it's like, oh, thank God I'm awake so I can get out of this twisted mass of of sweat soaked sheets. <laughs> Uh, that's one thing I appreciate about living in the West Coast. You don't have to worry about sweat in that way. Also, I just want to update that Indian summer, it has so many meanings that you should just not use it. So I'm going to retract my earlier statement and just call it late summer, which I will say a lot of people appreciate because here, although gyms have opened to the extent that you can only have like a limited number, you have to have like double face covering, et cetera, et cetera. Um, A lot of working out outside. So I'll just be driving around town and there's, you know, a Zumba class taking taking place on the green. You know, I'm still all just for staying outside. So as much as we can yeah. before it just gets too cold to do anything before it gets too cold. Uh, not so much speaking of coolness. There's no way to really segue from this except to say that before we started recording today, we're recording this on a Thursday morning, a little late this week just because things happened. Uh, Amazon actually ended up having some sort of event or something where they announced like 44,000 products in 17 minutes. <laughs> um, I just kind of peeped it, skimmed it on Twitter as people were talking about it. I am extremely disturbed by the in-home drone that you can now purchase for yourself. It's disturbing. But I will say the thing that really caught my eye was the kid-friendly Echo that's introduced. It's, I think they're, because the new Echo looks like a little orb, it's very Nexus Q reminiscent, okay? Yeah. Taking it back. Um, the This new little Echo can come with a tiger face or a panda face, which is very cute. And of course, there's plenty of aftermarket ways to do that with all the smart speakers and stuff that exists now. Uh, but it, it's a little, I'm always feeling very, very disconcerted now. And I don't know if it's just more now because I have a child and I realize that like I'm going to have to figure out how this plays into her life. But why are you coming after the kids, man? Because it really <laughs> is like go after the kids, create customers for life which i get that's the whole point of business and capitalism but it just for me i'm thinking this is an opportunity for google to really come in and say listen we know how much this creeps you out so we're going to give you a no kids mode (laughs) i want a smart speaker or something (laughs) where i can just put it into like just pretend my daughter doesn't exist you hear her babbling it just erases it it doesn't send any of that you know sound back to the research cloud or whatever i want like a no kids mode where it's she is invisible and the only person that can activate the ai or the assistant is the parent so that eventually when she gets to a certain age and she can consent to that interaction wouldn't that be great (laughs) this is just an idea i had off the top of my head i don't even i have no logistics for it i'm just thinking like what a way to throw shade to giant surveillance, even though you're, let me look, we all make the giant surveillance jokes with Google and I'm sure those will continue to perpetuate. But what if we could have a no kids mode, a, you know, we just, we pretend your kids don't exist. We will pretend your kids don't exist. You won't because you have to take care of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, we, we might, in, in terms of smart speakers and these kind of devices, we might have hit like sort of like the peak phone phenomenon where at this point, all the features that are relevant to the greatest number of people have already been not only met, 
but to a certain extent perfected. Hmm. So now you have to get to the point of, okay, now we have one that looks like a bunny. Wouldn't you like to have a bunny in your in your I mean, in would. your bedroom and the ears wiggle and the nose I mean, that's goes? Cute. Meep, meep, meep. That's super yeah. cute. Uh, but then I think about the fact that I'm already talking to Google when I'm adjusting the lights in her room because I did put smart speakers in her room for my own benefit. And she is, you know, she's seven months now, so she's turning her head like, where's that voice coming from? Oh, what's going on? Oh, she'll notice that the lights dim on their own. Like, mommy didn't touch anything. So how... I don't know. It's it's really scary. And I know that there are parents yeah. out there who've already been experiencing this for the last couple of years, but it's it's scary. It's fascinating. It makes me think a lot about the I don't know, anthropological is that the right yeah, anthropological oh, yeah. effects yeah. Yep. of this technology. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how that's going to to play out differently for her than maybe it would for me because I didn't have computers until I was like six or seven years old, yeah. which no, no. I, I, it's, it's, it's always a, a fun thing to think about. I, I, I choose the word fun uh, specifically over the word scary mm-hmm. because you, you can't overthink these things. I, I, I've once gotten to, once got into my head years well, ago. I can, I can overthink anything. Okay. But that's, go on. Well, you're, you're a mom. You're supposed to, <laughs> you're definitely supposed to. Um, I'm not responsible for another, another little human life. So I can be, <laughs> I can be totally academic about this, but, but just, a, just a, another example is um, it, it got into my head that, um, I, I suddenly, I, I suddenly thought that, gee, for all of like human human writing has been around for uh, what ten, twelve thousand years. I sure, think. Yeah. I don't know that, but somewhere around there. I will have to look at and, Glenn Fleischman's uh, typography book that is coming. Of out. course. So, <laughs> <laughs> but and for all but like the last hundred and let's say forty years of that. It has been done using you, you. The connection between the words in your head and expressing them has been done through something that you're holding in your dominant hand and your dominant hand only. And then when typewriters came along, suddenly you're using both of your hands. And so, it given that coordination is between the left side of the body to the right side of the brain, right side of the body to the left side of the brain, it suddenly got me thinking that. Did that in some way like re? Did our did those our st- did human beings' ab- ability to be creative and write change because suddenly we're just simply from a from a motor motor uh, control sort of thing we're now using <laughs> we're now using sort of both halves of our brain. I know that the oh the right hand is the right side of the brain is analytical, the left side is artistic. That's been mostly, if not completely, debunked by now. But it got me thinking about subtle things that we just never think about, like how uh, the tools that we use can influence how we think, particularly if we start using them at a time when our brains are still developing, when our whole understanding of the outside world is happening. And so, I mean, one of the one of the things you sort of think about is so if <laughs> if 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 you got. If you if you got a mother and a father that both have the the same sort of like you know regional accent, 
And suddenly, like, you, you got a five-year-old who's saying, hi, mom, uh, I'd like to, I would like to have uh, uh, my lunch today, please. And could we possibly eat outside? And you're like, well, wow, my God, like, why, why did he pick up that accent? And he realized that, oh, no, he's in, included in the mix of where he learned how to talk was like the synthetic voice that they're getting from from Google Assistant. Um but also, I, I can't. Well, the thing that is really scary is that I, I have to. We have to like. Uh, we we have to uh, uh, d- d- drop the other shoe here. That what what you mentioned here is that uh, <laughs> Amazon Ring now has uh, is introducing a new <laughs> security camera called the Always Home Cam. And what it is is if you if you imagine like a, like a, a tissue box like the sort of cubicle the, the cube kinds and the top like one quarter of it is actually like the uh, the four uh, rotors of a quadru- quadrocopter like encased in a little rounded square that can lift up off of this box which also acts as a charging thing revealing a camera so that when you if there's a oh oh wow there's a, i wonder I, I wonder what's happening inside my house instead of having like eight cameras covering the entire house you can simply send the quadrocopter out which of course is dead silent i'm sure <laughs> Like, I'm just like thinking about this. yes, and I'm sure sending all of that choppy information uh, to your local cops because uh, yeah. it's Amazon slash Ring. I have not looked into the full like details of all these things. I was just seeing what people were posting on Twitter before I logged on to our podcast, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. Even though 2020, we haven't really done anything. We haven't really left the house. We haven't really. It seems like everything has stagnated. Holy crap. We have a lot to really keep an eye on going into 2021 and 2022. I'm going to tell you in terms of tech, at least. Again, this is, this is why, and I'm sorry. I'm almost sorry. I started this up because now I kind of want to talk about this for the next two hours, hours, (laughs) but we mustn't, but part of that could be a bonus episode. If uh, you subscribe to us and become a member. But part of, uh, so part of uh, how this new, uh, this, this new quadrocopter works um, uh, is a, it has to, of course, to navigate around your house. It's mapping your house, so you can you don't have to simply like operate like a joystick virtually through your phone. You can just say, "Oh, check out the be- check out the bedroom, check out the living room, check out the the front deck," and we'll go to the front deck. Which, but if a robo means- vacuum can do, a drone can do right, as well. True. But the but the the thing that given that this is Amazon, and given that they have a really really creepy. Uh, relationship with local police that mm-hmm. what if like if they said hey we need <laughs> what if as part of when you when you use the app to say oh by the way if you'd like to contribute to uh c- contribute to uh like your neighborhood security by occasionally voluntarily sharing clips with a what if like they add something in a year or two that says that the cops say hi are there any like controllable drones uh, are there are, are there any always home cams anywhere near this place we want to check out and then you're you, unbeknownst to you, you've given it, the cops permission to take control of that drone, fly it to a window, or at least you know get a map of your house so that if they want to, I, mean, I know that my 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 head is in Brianna's space at this po- at this point, but it's like, uh, do do you, you have a company that I don't necessarily trust in a country that doesn't has yet to see a need to have real federal control over here's what the you own this data this company cannot use this data any way that you don't approve of 
So yeah, that's welcome to the material podcast. <laughs> Yay! Now I, we sh- I should say that we're going to be ending the show with a free uh, game involving kitties. Yeah, exactly. Probably unbeknownst to you well, already installed. But Andy, I feel like listen. Let's let's quickly segue to something a little more happy. I heard you finally put a ring on it. <laughs> and we're not talking about an Amazon <laughs> Ring doorbell or Whoa, Ring camera system. But I'm ching. But I'm bump. King of transitions. 200 and some odd episodes, ladies and gentlemen, 274 episodes. Uh, there, yeah, uh, there's a, so I, I, uh, this is the, maybe the last part of the, uh, the Pixel 4a adventure, uh, in that I've already decided, I, I like it, really like it a lot. I really haven't noticed any, uh, any, any drawbacks to it, even compared to like latest generation flagship phones. Like I haven't, it's, doesn't have the the most powerful processor, but I haven't really noticed any. There, I, it hasn't. I haven't noticed any tangible speed limitations. Doesn't have a high frequency, high frame rate screen. I don't care. It just means that the battery lasts longer. The vast battery oh, lasts fine. Yeah. I like uh, the, the camera's great. Everything's great. But I've still been carrying around both my Pixel Four A and my Pixel One hmm. uh, because. I know uh, we've all been through this. You know that the moment that you move that SIM from the old phone to the new phone, you've got you are you know that it's going to be like the last terrible process of moving over to a new phone, which is largely that oh, I forgot my banking app doesn't know who I am now because I've put the SIM in a new device and it doesn't hasn't hooked up to the biometric I haven't hooked up to the biometric sensor and stuff like Oh, that's right. I now no longer can like scroll back through my messages history to remember. Like, uh, did we agree that we were going to be meeting for lunch on Tuesday, or did we? Are we going to get back on that? Just little things like that are like little annoyances. There, each one is like a one more little fly in the room that doesn't doesn't destroy your entire life, but it's like. I really wish that buzzing were not happening. I really wish I could just kill all of these flies at once. Or, or the little to... drone in your room, but you know, it's, it's exactly. your next door neighbor's Amazon thing. <laughs> Wondering what phone you got. Mm. What'd you get? What'd you get? Um... Yeah. But yeah, but I, but yeah, I, I, I really like it. It's always, it's, it's and just it's in especially... time for next week's event, huh? Because next week we're going to have more new pixels, but I have seen so much positive feedback about the Pixel 4a. Just people excited to be able to buy a darn phone for under $400. Like, yeah. that's a, a phone that's worthy of the... Because $400 is hard-earned money, okay? $100 is hard-earned money, darn it. Um, and y- you want to get value. Yeah, and it's and for a lot of people, like, for, for me... Um, by now I certainly have, I, I certainly sort of budget for when, for buying a new phone and being prepared to spend as much as a thousand bucks, particularly because it's something you use. I use every day True. In, the, in, day, in in an era in which I can actually leave the house and commute and travel and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's even more important. It's, it's not that I enjoy spending, a, buying a thousand dollar phone, but I'm ready to, to, I'm going to buy the one that I think is going to do the best job for me. I'm prepared to spend that much money, but there's a difference between being cheap and being frugal. And being <laughs> frugal one, yeah. is, yeah, is like realizing that, yeah, but uh, there's 
the the uh, the the $1000 phone or even the $650 phone now that both Apple and Google and the other like uh, highest makers are trying to make uh, less expensive top tier phones it's like it's $300 more than the $350 Pixel 4a but I might is it going to be $300 better or more useful or more problem solving for me and all the stuff that and that's a this, good question that, is it going yeah. to be this much amount of money yeah Sorry, keep yeah. going. It's just no, no, and 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 at this point, we're, we're we're now we're less than a week away from the finding out what the Pixel Five is is all about, and the four uh, and the uh, and the Pixel uh, Four Five uh, G is going to be all about. We're really close to knowing what the new iPhone is going to be all about. We've seen the new all the new Samsung phones. At some point, you just you can I can sort of like skip to the end of the book and say, yeah, I don't I don't see anything that's going to really change my life or make me wish that I'd waited uh, another few weeks. And also it's especially if you're a Pixel fan, because I I really did think all year long that this was going to be kind of a rebuilding year for Pixel as they really try because they had the the uh, you'll 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 remember that last year or i think i think early this year the news came out that a month before the yeah. october release of the pixel 4 rick osterlo the head of like uh, pixel hardware essentially had that had that thing where <laughs> if it, it was it, it really felt like uh from the descriptions of people who were there that the, he was taught he gave that speech to the team that's like when a parent like goes into the bedroom of like a of like one of their kids who's uh like uh a, 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 it's the summer after they've graduated college and they still have they're still like working at their summer job like at the at the ice cream stand they don't seem to have like made any decisions about getting like a regular like hey I'm I'm a college graduate I'm 22 years old I need to get started on my career even if getting started means getting a very very boring full time job that will allow me to get my own place or share my that speech where he says where the, the gist of it is that I'm not kicking you out of the house I'm just saying that I'm going to need to see your mother and I really need to see that you're fine you've you're using this time to decide on a direction that you can follow for the next few years because at this point we're concerned that you haven't that you just think that <laughs> working at the ice cream stand and then living living in the the same bedroom you've lived in for 22 years is going to work for the rest of your life and and so and because it's it's a caring relationship i, I believe that rick osterlo cares about about the pixel and the pixel team oh, absolutely, it was like yeah. you're right and we're going to spend the next year figuring everything out and by the time and we might not we don't, might not have it all figured out but in time for the Pixel 5 but by the time we get to the Pixel 6 you're going to you're going to be a lot more confident about our future. Well, I guess we'll wait to see what happens next week. Um before we before we take a little break Andy, I felt like you made a really great little note of just reminding people that there are such things as e-ink Android tablets. I know that this is like a very quiet device segment. And and um, you linked to a Gizmodo article that came out actually a while ago. And uh, I, yeah, I just, I we should remind people. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know why. Uh, like, I this has been off my radar for for a good long while. Um, this was actually published about a month and a half ago. Alex Kranz 
that Gizmodo uh, reviewed uh, an e-ink tablet, uh, uh, the e-ink tablet by a company called uh, uh, Books, B-O-O-X. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, uh, and it's and the the company uh, makes a uh, makes a range of uh, what 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 you would think is a, a Kindle ebook reader, and you can certainly use it as such. But it is a, a full on like Android tablet that runs uh, and uh, the the model that uh, was reviewed was ran Android nine, but they also have models that uh, run Android ten. And they're pricey as ebook readers go. Uh, you can expect to spend a hundred bucks or less for a regular ebook reader. These will cost like two or three times, all the way up to four or five times that. But when you consider that they're running Android nine and Android ten, they have full access to the Kindle, uh, to the uh, to the Google Play App Store, and you realize that well, this this means that I can actually I can install the Kindle ebook reader, but I can also install a standard PDF reader yep. and I can understand the uh, install the pocket reader mm-hmm. and whatever cust- whatever um uh, whatever book reader app that my local public library uh relies on for digital uh, digital lending uh, and get the get the benefits of an e-ink screen meaning soup like like printed text on a slightly darker than white background and battery life that doesn't have to support like a fully <laughs> fully backlit fully like energized uh, LCD panel it's like that's nice i could i could get into that i could enjoy that especially if i thought of it as uh Maybe, maybe maybe I'm being influenced by my choice of buying a digital Walkman to uh, to, to carry my entire music library uh, around with instead of uh, like instead of uh, just uh, copying certain albums onto my phone. That's worked out great. I really like having everything, especially when it comes to like just mix put put my entire collection on shuffle play, and you wind up like listening to a lot of music. Plus, it makes you ages. focus on the music because that's one thing that like I realized. I, there's a couple of albums that have come out. You know, we've been again at home, so I've been listening to music again, and it kind of takes away from the experience when I'm on my phone shuffling through Spotify and I'm getting messages, I'm getting pings, like I. I'm totally with you. I miss I miss the standalone device. Not everything needs to be freaking consolidated. Like I get it, it's 2020, right. but I think that there is a niche for standalone devices for folks like us who just, you know. Yeah, and it it just gets it it's gotten me a little bit attracted to the idea of as you say, having a device for all of the, this is where all of my reading happens on that. If I'm not on a laptop, uh-huh. I'm, all my reading is happening on this. Not only that, but if I have, uh, I, I don't have the entire product line in front of me, but um, if it has enough storage, just the idea that almost every article, almost every book, almost every piece of research that I come across that I kind of want to hold up, that, that's interesting enough for me to save to my hard drive at any point to, to, to sync it up to this device and turn it sort of like uh, into the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, particularly when it comes to having the Wikipedia app where you can save articles locally. I, I'm. I, I, you're right. It, it's just it, it gets kind of wearying when you have to do everything through a device that does everything. And I, I don't know if my I don't know if my commitment to this is going to survive, like the price of buying what would probably have to be now one of the higher end devices to make it to make what I want to happen happen. And because at that point, 
uh, t- talking back about frugality, it's like, okay, but if we're talking about $500 for an e-ink tablet that is, it certainly can do things like, you you, you can certainly do Google Docs on it. It's I mean, not it has be the really Play Store, and it has the, I mean... Even a stylus, so you can draw on it. But then, then like, okay, well, here's here's the price list for the brand new uh, iPad Air, which can do a lot more than that, and costs only a little bit more. Yeah, but than e ink is such a different yeah. situation than you know backlit. I I really think there's some viability here, and now I want to go down a rabbit hole after we do the podcast and try and find something within a hundred dollar range because I don't need it to do everything. Yeah, the, see, the, one of the one of the things that that really got my attention was that it it got a really good review. I've seen uh, in the past, I've seen a lot of like uh, there's there's all kinds of things like from in China that will make anything without any regard to so anybody who wants to sell anything at any price, it can get manufactured. Which is why AliExpress uh, so is so fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but so I, the idea of spending even like eighty dollars on an e-ink tablet that is just terrible. Like the re, if the refresh rate is like if it takes like one point eight seconds to refresh a page, that that's not going to do it for right. me. On the on the other hand, right now I'm looking at the the Books Max Lumi, which is a thirteen point three inch e-ink tablet uh, with oct eight core processors, book. Android ten uh, stylus. Uh, $879. And I, I wish I had, I wish I were in the sort of tax bracket where it's like, you know what? I was, I, I, I got that much on me. Or, you know what? I, I, last time I cleaned the house, I came, I, 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 I went to the laundry room and I found it about, what was it, $700 in like all the 20s and 50s and $100 bills that I'd pull out of pockets. I bet that's about, fifteen hundred dollars what if i spent half of this on this i wish i wish i were in that kind of bracket for 879 bucks i'd have to think this is gonna have to really do a good job for me for some this is gonna have to like i'm gonna have to be able to point to five years later a very lucrative side business or side project that would not have been not been possible without this 880 dollar books max lumi and i don't even it's <laughs> I'm, I'm even try, I'm even trying to tell myself that you could like email them and say, can you kind of borrow one for a month just to check it out? I, I even there, I have to make sure that I know exactly where I'm what, what I intend to like write about where I intend to write about it or talk about it, because that would be like, Andy, you just want to hold one of these things and play with it, don't you? Yes, sir. Is that <laughs> is that fair to the books company to tie up one of their loaner yes, hardware? Yes, it is just fair because, because that's, we're it? service journalists. That's what we do. And you know what? We've been stuck at home, haven't been able to go to briefings, and I'm starting to miss it. I'm starting to miss it. Virtual uh, briefing remember, is fine. The free, the free sodas and snacks, the the little mini sandwiches. I live that, off of those things. Like I literally yeah. will bring a Ziploc bag and listen. My mom taught me at a young age when you go into the buffet line. You bring things with you to put some stuff in your purse for later. Uh, And on that note, we should probably go into our first ad so that I don't have to go get food from the buffet line. (laughs) So let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Do you have a website? And does your website have a shopping cart, registration forms, or contact us pages? If you answered yes to these questions, then you need Pingdom. 
Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when a cart checkout, forms, and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted, depending on the outage severity. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible, and if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of Material and all of Relay FM. So I thought that this would be a good week for us to just talk about like what's happening with Chrome OS because I have been served at nonstop editorials from a couple of independent Chromebook sites around the web. And I just kind of been reading about the slow evolution that's been happening. I mean, we know this evolution has been happening. It's been happening in front of us with the devices that have been introduced to us. But just to kind of look at the OS, what's being done both big picture, big picture, big picture looks. Um, so kind of the big story this week that maybe has not flown across the radars is that everybody's wondering if Google's quietly sort of discontinued the Pixel Book. Um, 9 to 5 Google had noted that it's been listed as out of stock on the Google Store. Andy, you said you checked recently when you were doing our show notes, I think just last night, and you said only the i7 CPU. So basically the the top tier pricey one is the only one that's kind of left, and I imagine. 1645 That's why. Dollars. I think the, the, yeah. the one that's just there to say that, look, I am a, a not just a manager. I am a department manager. <laughs> I need a, the Chromebook with the i7 processor and the 512 gigabytes of storage just so that he can lord it, he or she can lord it over anybody in the conference room who had to get like the reasonable $600 Dell with the Celeron processor. Yeah, or the reasonable Chromebook with the the M3 or whatever yeah. <laughs> processor. So this has kind of led some folks wondering, uh, does this mean that we are getting a new Chromebook at next week's event? And at this point... I think we can safely say it's a little unlike, well, I don't know. So Engadget had actually reached out to Google for a comment, and Google acknowledged that the Pixelbook is out of stock, but rather than reaffirm that it's kind of still a thing, they just pointed to people you know, buying the Pixelbook Go, which offers similar high-performance elements in a familiar form factor. It does. I mean, it's got a lot of those same internals, and it's just uh, pink or black. Choose your poison, right? But it doesn't have that 360 degree screen. It doesn't, and that, and I, I, I right. don't think I can live without 360 or pixel screen. pen support, right? It doesn't have pixel yeah. pen support either, and you know that makes sense though because high end Chromebooks they are they are they are a little harder to come by these days. I know that like Samsung has launched its own it launched that beautiful red Chromebook, but that was 
the beginning of this year. And we haven't really seen a lot of that when it comes to like the education focused Chromebooks. And I know Asus and Acer have announced some of their own high end Chromebooks, but they're not uh, they're not within that particular price range as what the Pixelbook Go is going for. I mean, that is actually at a very expensive tier of Chromebooks, just based on the little research that I did last month for a story. Um, Now, Intel, it's still listing a dozen Chromebooks running their CPUs on their website. You know, Intel runs everything. But that is less... But less than half of those Chromebooks actually use uh, the Core i3 or i5 series chips, which is kind of making us wondering. And actually, when you're looking at Chromebooks, you will notice some of the processors that you've never really heard of before. Um, I forget which one it is. I think we actually mentioned it on last week's podcast, but it's like that weird numbered one. Yeah. The one that stood out to me is that I was reminded that, wow, you can still buy something that's called a Pentium CPU. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, you can. It's true. Yes, I thought this exact same thing wow, when I you, looked at that. You, you think you think Bill Clinton's going to be reelected to a second term after that Whitewater scandal? <laughs> I just made a face in real life, by the way, just because everything, just gesturing out everything. But listen, it is making me wonder. You know, as I was looking when I did a little story for Tom's Guide about Chromebooks for kids, I realized that there were so many Chromebooks in the kids education realm, things that you could buy for under $500 that were totally worth bringing home. But then when you got to the high end, it did become, you had to become a little more choosy because whatever you choose, you'd be giving up something for another thing. So with, for instance, with the Pixelbook Go, you're giving up the 360 or whatever hinge for just a regular clamshell laptop. So I thought this was an interesting sort of update on what's going on, especially considering that there's talks of AMD wanting to really push the Ryzen CPU for Chromebooks. Now, I just recently got to use my first Ryzen laptop. I actually just reviewed a laptop, um, a Lenovo ThinkPad with the Ryzen chip inside of it. And admittedly, I didn't know very much about it going into it. Um, It's just AMD kind of flew off of my radar for a while. The last time I used them, I was musing about it. It was like 2005, I think, is the last time I had an AMD processor that I used. Uh, And that's because they had a very popular processor that was used for gaming PCs during that time. That's what I used when I was playing World of Warcraft. So it's kind of – now, this is interesting news that AMD is trying to push for Chromebooks because this means, in my opinion, a little more proliferation of these sort of high-end laptops because the Ryzen CPU is supposed to be the more accessible, Intel-capable chip, right? AMD is not Intel. But what I mean to say is it's constantly compared to their 10th generation CPUs, which is the latest gen. Now – The uh, new Ryzen CPUs that AMD announced for Chromebooks are the mid-range kind for performance. They use older generation quad-core and dual-core architectures and manufacturing, but they've been optimized for Chromebooks, particularly when it comes to graphics rendering. AMD says that the high-end Ryzen CPUs will offer double or better web performance than the previous AMD CPUs, and a 66 to 150% 
quite a variable there, performance <laughs> increase in productivity and graphics tasks. I can say, just from using that Lenovo laptop with the Ryzen CPU, I understand what AMD is trying to do with this particular line of chips. It's trying to be the more economical choice for people who maybe want like a professional-based machine, but they want to be able to do a couple other things with it. Like I played some games on that Ryzen CPU with the it has an in- integrated graphics chip in the laptop. Yeah. And graphics, I think. It was actually pretty good. I had a pretty smooth run playing like Elder Scrolls online. And I was you know, I did Lightroom on the it's 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 a CPU. So it also yeah. means that it's going to open up a whole new avenue of devices to come for Chrome the Chrome OS platform. So I'm kind of just musing aloud now with you and everybody here listening about what is going to be happening to our beloved Chromebooks. Um, Andy, before I toss it to you, I kind of just want to mention one of my favorite sites that I'm reading a lot recently is about Chromebooks. So about Chromebooks.com. It's run by former Gigaom editor Kevin Toffel, and he does a great job of documenting all the little changes that are happening to Chrome OS right now. Over the weekend, I kind of read a little bit about what I call LaCroix. <laughs> That's how you pronounce it. It's spelled it's spelled it's spelled L-A-C-R-O-S. It stands for Linux Chromebook Operating System, something like that. It's LaCrosse. Uh <laughs> basically the whole point of this project is to use Linux to help decouple the Chrome browser from the Chromebook platform. So essentially having them exist on two different planes. The browser that you have on your Windows and Mac machine would ostensibly be a different updating situation from Chrome OS. So a lot of people were like, is this supposed to be helping prolong the life of Chromebooks that are out there? But I think this is just something like Project Mainline for Android, where it's just helping these things get updated a little easier. Uh, I've also been reading a little bit about kind of the other little changes coming through. So AI-powered handwriting recognition, that's always fun. Also the phone hub, it's, you know, kind of bringing that idea of having your Android phone be an extension of the Chrome OS experience. So I don't know, Andy, I got all this stuff jumbling around in my mind. It makes me really excited about what could be down the line. But I'm just sort of wondering, you and I, we're both both on our Pixelbook still. Actually, admittedly, I've been moving over to the Windows 10 laptops that I've been testing, <laughs> and I love them. But I'm kind of wondering, you know, how are you feeling about all of this little news that's coming through? Do we have something yeah. to be excited about? Yeah, no, it, it is exciting. And um, if uh, if Google is dropping the Pixelbook, and we don't uh, – the Pixelbook uh, – we have it's to call it the years. Pixelbook nothing. It's been three years, by the way. Right. So it's, right. a, it's about time, folks. Yeah, um, but it w- it, w- uh, it wouldn't indicate that that any sort of lack of faith in in Chrome OS or Chromebooks. Oh, in absolutely, general, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think I think it uh, it it seems as though the, the the market seems to be saying that this is great. The one that has the i five, the i seven, that's great. You did a great job on it. It's a great laptop. We just don't need like a. We just don't need a laptop that's that powerful for the tasks that we're buying a Chromebook for. For the mass uh, of tasks, right? Because I think there right. are a few choice developers out there who are using an i7 to its capacity to do all sorts of 
development, but we're you and I are not doing that. <laughs> you yeah. and I are just writing re- stories. Re- remember that there was uh, that uh, Google was actually working really seriously on some sort of a Windows 10 dual boot mode. They had they actually got the hardware. Cert- there's a certification process that Microsoft. Uh, has for to basically certify your hardware as Windows 10 capable. And they were going through that process. And there were persistent rumors and people who had leaked information that, no, we they actually have like Windows 10 dual booting of the device, which would have been pretty insane uh, in a positive way and would certainly justify some people getting the i5 or the i7, these really, really meaty processors. But it seems as though mid-range is perfectly good for the for what people are buying Chromebooks for. They can they're trying to build instead of building really good twelve hundred dollar laptops, they seem to be positioning the Chromebooks as uh, a five. If we if we set aside people who are buying it for education. Uh, they're positioning it as a really good $500 or to up to $600 laptop that can compete extremely well with a five or $600 Windows machine because it is a very lean operating system that doesn't stress the CPU with anything that it doesn't need to do. Uh, and I, I was reading some uh, some industry analyst reports about how like 2020 how good 2020 has been for Chromebook shipments and they they broke 25% of all notebook system uh, notebook shipments worldwide in 2020 for reasons that are kind of obvious uh, as, as schools for instance need to like hardware up uh, for remote learning but the other interesting thing that was sort of noted in this report was that one of the other effects of COVID was a sharp reduction in manufacturing in China. Oh yeah, so right. At, so all this year, if you if your intention or if your company's intention was to buy a whole bunch of Windows 10 notebooks as usual, you just couldn't find them in the in the in the uh, in the uh, in the supply chain. And so you were looking around saying, "Well, look, we need 50 laptops. We need 10 laptops for this department." Okay, well, we we can buy plenty of Chromebooks. Let's buy plenty of Chromebooks, which could which could have an interesting long term effect if you have companies that kind of got their arm twisted into buying uh, Chromebooks, at least for like one round of hardware purchases, and now that that's sort of as that that's part of their uh, of their uh, their hardware library for the company, they get to see well. Actually, most of the stuff that we're having our people do has been like G Suite stuff, stuff that's running on the web. It's actually running quite nice, and mm-hmm. we're finding that they're a lot easier to maintain than the Windows notebooks that were that we've been getting. Uh, and people seem to be pretty happy with them. Maybe that will cause not people to uh, switch their entire platforms from Windows 10 companies to a Chromebook company. But the idea that maybe we can actually buy be 50-50, maybe it takes it takes some deep soak experience with a Chromebook before you really stop thinking of it as, oh, well, it's just, it's just a web browser and a laptop. Why, if I'm spending $500, why don't I just buy like a, like a mid-range HP or, or mid-range Asus Windows 10 machine? Then you realize that, but I don't want a Windows 10 machine. I bought a Chrome OS device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I. It's it feels weird talking about all this stuff in the future just because we don't know exactly where we are in terms of manufacturing prowess. You know, a lot of what we saw come out this year again we we talked about was put into motion before everything you know screeched to a halt. So. 
I'll be curious to see if there's any sort of sleeper announcement of a Chromebook happening at the Google event next week. I don't know. Yeah, when 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 this uh, when this news about uh, I think it was nine to five Google that first noticed that mm-hmm. um, uh, that the Chromebooks, uh, excuse me, that the Pixelbook nothing had been so, sort of out of stock everywhere, um, but they 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 also had uh, like all <laughs> like all uh, Google. Uh, Google sites, uh, they have been tracking rumors about new Pixel books for a long time, including I think they had one that they wrote about in July, where here's the code name for this could be like the upgrade to the Pixel book nothing. I don't know if that's actually true, but it's not as though it's, it's, I'm keen to see if the, if they if if uh, Google has anything high end in the in the pipeline, or if they're just willing to say, look, Samsung and HP and Dell are and, and Lenovo are going to have like one or two freak i3, i5 core CPU Chromebooks. That's fine that we've got that covered. We're no longer sort of interested, particularly because if you the, the, see the bad thing about the 360 degree screen is that it uh, if you if you twist it around all the way, it turns the Pixelbook nothing into a tablet. And then suddenly Google sees failure because mm. they've had nothing but glorious failure since the since the nexus 7 the nexus 7 was probably the last tablet they did that was anything like a success and it's like the, it's like the third rail for them at this point where oh no not a tablet <laughs> we don't do well with tablets people are going to be mean to us mm-hmm. well 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 let's take a break shall we take another break yeah let's yes, take a break indeed this episode of Material is brought to you by The IntraZone by Microsoft SharePoint. This is the part in the ad copy where I discuss the enjoyment in finding new podcasts to listen to, and that's easy for me to talk about because I I tend to get like stuck in a rut because you find your favorite podcasts and they're doing great for you and but does it then like eight nine ten months a year two years three years later you realize that i'm listening to (laughs) i'm just listening to fresh air and answer me this and the illusionist and really there's andy there's more podcasts than that out there perhaps you should learn about some of them and then you find out that oh wow here's a new favorite podcast that i'm going to make time for each and every week Uh, and microsoft wants you to know about one of their podcasts called the IntraZone. Uh, the IntraZone is a bi-weekly podcast with conversations and interviews on how Microsoft SharePoint, OneDrive, and related tech can work for you. You'll hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field so you can see how SharePoint fits into your everyday work life to easily share and manage content, knowledge, and applications. Each show covers a bunch of segments like news and announcements, a focus topic of the week, guest perspectives, frequently asked questions of the week, and upcoming events. And just so you have an idea of what to expect, uh, here are some of the topics you might be interested in that were on previous episodes. They've discussed working from home, also figuring out an intelligent intranet in your organization, and they did an episode talking about API and teamwork. And now, this is the part in the copy where they're asking to uh, check out an episode uh, and, and tell me about – talk about like uh, an episode that you actually liked. So I did dig into it uh, and they, I really – it's uh, – there. there's a whole – there's so much about uh, about technology that I never get to experience 
I, I could almost say thank God I don't have to I don't have to experience this. Uh, among them, how do you build an intranet for a company that started off really really small? And their growth has been happening in leaps and leaps and leaps. So at never at no point have they really stepped back and said, "This this this internal website that we're using doesn't do anything for anybody, and nobody uses it, and we'd like to change that." And now it's your job to <laughs> fix all of this. This thing that was never the, this thing that never had a really solid game plan, it seemed, uh, and was designed for a company that <laughs> existed three or four years ago, but is now completely different. Uh, so this is an episode. Episode, uh, about Funko, uh, F-U-N-K-O, uh, Bobble and Grow with Funko. And uh, it's, of course, the, the name of the company attracted my attention because this is the company that makes those really cool licensed like vinyl dolls that have those big heads that don't necessarily bobble and the tiny bodies. I have a, as we speak, I have a Mr. Rogers Funko uh, on a shelf with an eye shot of my, my the, the desk that I work at because it's sometimes you need to have <laughs> these days get really bad and you really need to have like Mr. Rogers in even in a totemistic form uh, telling you you're very special you're good you're important <laughs> you, you you have value uh, and so uh, the episode really goes into the history of the company and what the problems that uh, their IT department is now facing that they started off with just uh, a couple of artists and someone running the running the warehouse and now they are 600 people worldwide and they are uh, to improve the company and uh, improve their goals. Now they're acquiring more companies so that they no longer have to like subcontract stuff out. They no longer have to hire shipping. They're basically buying out a lot of the companies that they're doing business with so that they can all bring them internally and their internal website, their, their internet has not really, uh, has not really kept up with this. So the entire episode, which is uh, only a little bit more than a half hour long uh, is they have three Microsoft MVPs come in and spend three days uh, showing them how basically using uh, using these uh, using these uh, these tools uh, to figure out how to actually build something go something from a room that nobody ever goes into uh, to something that actually is going to help people uh, collaborate help people enjoy uh, being part of a big company get things done uh, and so I really really enjoyed that I really really enjoyed that a lot uh, so now we'll go back to the uh, the official copy uh, go and listen to it now just search for the intrazone i-n-t-r-a zone as an intranet uh wherever you get your podcasts that's i-n-t-r-a-z-o-n-e my apologies it turns out that they anticipated (laughs) what i thought would need to be done Uh, or just click the link in the show notes and go check it out our thanks to the intrazone by microsoft sharepoint for their support of material podcast and all of relay fm So this next news item is Google basically doing what freelancers have been doing for centuries. (laughs) (laughs) So Google will try, CNBC reported this week that Google will officially try a hybrid work from home model so that employees, you know, don't have to go into the office every day. Now, the official Life at Google Twitter account posted the results of the employee surveys, asking them how they feel about this. And when asked, in a future state post-COVID-19, how often would you need to be in the office to do your work well? 62% responded some days, with only 8% responding every day. So as we can see, a majority of folks like the idea of a hybrid work from home, go to the office model. 
Sundar Pichai was also interviewed by Time Magazine this week. He was asked about how the COVID work from home experience might affect Google's workplaces permanently. He responded, I see the future as being more flexible. We firmly believe that in person being together, having a sense of community is super important when you have to solve hard problems and create something new so we don't see that changing. But we do think we need to create more flexibility and more hybrid models. He adds, it always, it's always made me wonder, when I see people commuting two hours and away from their family and friends on a Friday, you realize they can't have plans, so I think we could do better. That's great. I appreciate the sentiment there. I'm sure that's not something, and I don't mean this to be snarky, but I am. Uh, I'm sure that's not something Sundar has to worry about because he can afford to live <laughs> close to Mountain View HQ. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't mention it. He didn't mention that he he was seeing people commuting two hours from like the 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 window of his eighty million dollar helicopter with full like bar and full bed that he commutes to work. I, I don't know. Day. I feel like that's more of a Bezos move. Just I, I feel like the Google way would be. The thing is, the houses, I got to tell y'all, the houses in Silicon Valley are actually not that nice. A lot of them are actually very old. No, seriously. They're very old. Um, They were not craftsmen, no. Craftsmen? Craftsmen. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're cute little bungalows. That's like what you buy in the Bay Area if you're buying something that's original because a lot of the housing here was military housing for a long time. So you're not actually getting something big and, you know. <laughs> Whatever. So I imagine it's just Sundar Pichai riding his bike from his nice like three bedroom. Okay, true. <laughs> like, but it, it does. But it's it still does, very it, expensive. It's still a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it does see it. It does point out that uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to use the word hypocrisy because it's not as intense as that. But for years and years and years and years, all kinds of employees that. Uh, have been saying that look i'm I, my my living situation we got i got two kids uh and like one of them is having problems at school it'd be really i don't really need to be in the office like every day every day during the week i can come to, i can come in two days a week tops and still do my job as a matter of fact i can do my job better and was told no 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 that's impossible we can't possibly like make your job a remote work job and suddenly, again, just just like the I was saying about hey, if you're forced to use a Chromebook, you might realize that you should have been using a Chromebook all along. It's being forced to allow their workforce to work from home, realize that oh, I guess we were wrong. We just we just didn't want to take the risk or dis- risk the disruption that would happen while we figure out all the different little mini solutions that are that are going to happen. Um, and there, 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 there are a lot of, there are a lot of different bullet points in, uh, in these, uh, uh, in the questionnaire that they gave to, uh, they gave to people. And what, among them was, well, what do you miss the most? And a lot, high on the list was just face-to-face contact, yeah, like com- sure. the camaraderie. And it's, it would be an interesting way to sort of flip the entire, uh, like culture of like big tech in the Valley, because, for years, we've been sort of sardonically noting that uh, as when you when you're in your twenties and your first really good job is at Google or Apple or Facebook, you're like, oh my god, this is great, and like that can bring my dirty laundry, and they'll do it on site, and they have Pilates classes, and like there's free burrito uh, cafeteria where I don't have to like ever pay for anything, and like other people who are outside <laughs> outside like the, the the hamster cage are like yes what they're doing is they're making it easy for you to put in 18 hour days and never go home so yes yes and no i i will say the thing that 
grinds my gears about this is why did it have to take a pandemic to get to this point? Why was nobody discussing this when people were protesting the buses in San Francisco? Right. Um, the Bay Area has exploded. It was always this was always an expensive place to live, but it's really gotten bad. I mean, I live way out in in the outer burbs and it's getting high up here and it's getting harder for people with very, very lucrative uh, uh, very working class jobs, just not able to afford all the things that you need to be able to keep your family safe and healthy. Um, because yeah. you know you could still put food on the table, you could still pay the mortgage, but are you able to pay your you know health insurance? Are you able to pay all these other things? Um, the other thing that's frustrating is we talked about what Google's doing while that land that it bought in the South Bay. And so it's like, well, what is the point of that now? You're saying that it's okay for employees to work from home. You want to foster a different kind of culture going forward. But like what now you own a big chunk of the South Bay and now it's privately owned by Google. Like that is really annoying. You should give that land back to the city if that's going to be the way that it is, because it's not fair. It's not. I just don't think it's fair that the tech companies are coming out and saying, well, we found out it's okay if you work from home. It's like, but why didn't you do that before when everybody was complaining about what you're doing, the rent rent and housing prices? Uh, so this just feels like kind of a smack in the face, honestly, for for some of us locals here because um, we told you this already. I was working a hybrid work from home model when I was at PC World. I was going into the office two, three days a week because my commute was almost two hours uh, to take public transportation in. And I actually don't live that far away. It's just, it's so crowded that it's hard to get anywhere in the Bay Area. Um, it's, what, yeah, see, what? This is, it's not cool, man. Yeah. Well, this, I'm, I, obviously I don't live in the Bay. I'm, I haven't, I haven't even visited the Bay in like two years. Um, well, if you ever do but, come visit, I'm going to put out a big spread for you. So, but you have to come to the suburbs. Please. So... <laughs> I think I, I think that in the time since I've last been to San Francisco, I'm now considered riffraff. So they don't. You're not going to notice anything. <laughs> hey, they even, you, even the Buco de Beppo. Go be poor someplace else. Even the Buco de Beppo across the street from the internet from the Continental Hotel is like gone now. Yeah, that was a staple. That was a staple, people. And everybody loves their chicken parm. Anyway, <clears throat> well, okay, so I, I'm 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 using my completely nothing to do Yellow with Google card, card on, on this. I will say that that's like the that was like one of the worst experiences dining Buca I've ever oh, had in my life. It's terrible. It's the not worst. just well a a because it it help it hurts that strike one is that I had an Italian grandmother and spent most Sundays of my childhood having dinner at her house so Fair. the bar for italian cuisine yes. we're not talking about sophisticated you know, and so it's like oh there's too much sugar in, in the sauce and oh you didn't do and that, that and that's fine and and also a lot of it is like uh so kitschy like hey what's the matter for you hey, what's the matter for me hey what's the matter for you it's like okay that's fine let's do but what it's and part of it though has nothing to do with uh, with with the restaurant it it's was an italian applebee's 
Well, okay, that, that, that's true. But part, part of it, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot more plaster busts of popes than you would find at your usual like neighborhood restaurant slash bar. I have to tell you, by pub. the way, Buca de Beppo was a whole plot line on this season's uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because one of them had like a friend <laughs> who owned the Buca de Beppo in Encino, which is like again the burbs and. <sighs> anyway, side note, side no, note. All, so, so ba- it, back but to Google. It's just that uh, it, was, it was one of those, like, uh, uh, I think it was Ma- uh, Macworld Expo, and there was some, like, big group dinner that yes. I was invited to, and it turned out to be, like, 30 or 40 people, of which, and I had to, like, really make sure that as we're going into, like, the room that we, that they book for us like i have to make sure that i keep my friends like almost like i'm going to i'm going to be grabbing on to the right shoulder of your jacket chet i'm going to be grabbing onto the right left shoulder of your jacket janet to make sure that we don't get separated and i don't wind up sitting at a table with nobody that i possibly know and can talk to. <laughs> yes yes and so but even so like the, the conversation was too loud that that, that that's oh, a lot on me this me, is what i don't this like makes me miss what, what, conventions keep going yeah well, that's, that's fine. But th- what what really like sealed it for me was that it was one of those things where like nobody was really organized. So it was, right. so it was like okay, so we're, are we paying by the table? No, no, we're gonna like split the the check like whatever ways. Okay, how much? Okay, uh, everyone needs uh, to put in like thirty eight dollars. I'm like, okay, well, already this is like a really crap a piece of you know, chicken parmesan and a couple of and uh, for okay fine no it's fine it's it's fine and then like say we come back oh well actually we're still short we're gonna need like another 10 like uh, okay here's another 10 like, oh, we're still short we're gonna neither like look at this point i like uh, i was like i'm not giving you like and it turned out that a lot of people had like ordered like jugs of like that cheap wine that they have and like been surprised by like where the bar bill was at some point and i i the one of the few lessons specifically that my dad gave me, I, I had to learn to shave on my own. The one of the few things where, where like my dad sat me down and walked me through a lesson on how the world works was here when you go into it. If you're going out to eat with people, you always have enough money on you that you can uh, absolutely, even if they're saying they're buying, you always make sure you have more than enough money to pay for your share of the bill. And ideally, you should have enough money either in cash or on your credit card to pick up the entire check if you have to or if that would be a kind gesture. And so it was like, at this point, I don't care what I don't care. Like if you're if you're coming to me and saying that these eight people are going to be washing dishes at Buca de Beppo for the next three days, I'm not giving you another. I'm not spend. I'm not spending forty eight dollars for this. I'm not spending fifty eight dollars for this. And so Their that's why it was like, not that worth it. Just say it's, it's really it's not. a very I've it's it's probably I've rarely had a chicken parm of that quality where I did not have to peel back uh, a foil or plastic layer of a tray uh, halfway through the cooking process. <sighs> we now we now end the Boca Bo- yes. Boca Beppe, yes. uh, part, but yeah, it's it's uh, what what I really wanted to say, and and Jim, if you found out that dis- that yellow card distraction was way too way too long, by all means, feel free to cut it. Um, but I, what I what I really want to say about this though is that oftentimes tech companies talk about oh well we're innovators and we have courage mm-hmm. and we're here to move things forward and take risks. And they always mean things like, "Wow, oh, okay, so you remove the headphone jack from your phone, and you're saying that that was creative, that 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 was that was uh, that was courageous." 
And you rarely have these companies say things like, you know what, we we identify this as a problem on so many levels that we're making we we were we we're we, I don't know if you're if you're going to believe this, but we were about to spend billion dollars on a huge campus shaped like a spaceship. I'm not kidding. You should have seen the plans for this thing uh, that our CEO wrote up. It's like a huge, huge ring with curved glass and everything. And then somebody in the back of the room thought that, well, is it even relevant to keep to invest so much money in making sure that people still have to come to an office every single day? And we thought, you know what? Let's take a risk by having an entire division of our company come in only we'll we'll assign them office space that they can use when as sort of like a as, as sort of like the uh the, the the coffee shop where there's wi-fi where people can come in and discuss things with their insurance person and like if you want to come in here's a room that you can use and places where you can you know, lock up your coat and it'll be there three days later but we're going to take the we don't know if this is going to work or not but we're going to do this and see what happens it took i'm it as I say, some t- a lot of us are going through this where mm-hmm. it takes us being forced to deal with, but what if you can't travel? What if you can't mm-hmm. uh, make unnecessary trips? What if you can't like go out to restaurants? Like, do you have, do you have ways to uh, entertain, amuse and uh, 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 feed and, uh, and, uh, and intellectually nourish yourself that does not involve uh, how, how much of your life is, consists of distractions you're putting into place because you don't want to deal with the fact that you've got a big pile of laundry that you haven't dealt with in three months stuff like that (sighs) but so companies but companies that are still like obstinately saying we're going to stick to the old methods of creating a workspace even though that we're going to go we're going to go back to the old way as soon as possible those are the people who are the real jerks they're like you just don't get it this is not working for anybody Uh, and because you can commute by helicopter or because you could spend eighty million dollars for a two bedroom within walking distance of campus just uh, just to stay on weekend weekdays, that doesn't mean that there are people who are not stuck on buses for two hours. That doesn't mean that you're not having a huge impact yep, on people who yep, do not yep. are not on the Facebook health plan. Uh, you really need to look at you really need to look at the back of the paper plant where things go out into the river that you've never smelled anything, you've never seen anything. That doesn't mean that you're not creating pollution that you're not responsible for and have solutions for. Well, this feels like a good time for us to move to the next little news item (laughs) of this block, which is uh, now this is, you know, Google Maps. And this is, I think, very interesting and slightly scary. So Google Maps is adding information about COVID transmission risks. This feature for the iOS and Android mobile apps involves a COVID layer that can be toggled on and off, same just like Street View or Traffic. And the layer adds a color-coded overlay that shows a seven-day average of new COVID cases per 100,000 people for the area of the map that you're looking at, as well as a label that indicates whether the cases are trending up or down. The trending case data is available at the country level worldwide and at the state, county, and city levels where they are made available. So where does Maps get this data from? According to an official blog post, quote, data featured in the COVID layer comes from multiple authoritative authoritative sources, including John Hopkins, The New York Times, and Wikipedia. Sorry. I'm remembering my 2000 and... 
five professor telling us Wikipedia is not a viable source. <clears throat> These sources get data from public health organizations like the World Health Organization, government health ministries, along with state and local health agencies and hospitals. Many of these sources already power COVID case information in search, and we're now expanding this data to Google Maps. Now, I think this is great. I love that Google Maps is being used this way because Maps is an app that I have on my front page. So I am always going to go in there and see where am I, where am I going, what are my surroundings like, etc. I also love this because, uh, let's say, if I'm passing through, listen, people are still kind of trying to get out and feel some sense of normalcy. Um, we have a couple of very short trips planned just to kind of go walk around new places. And so I would like to be able to go and see, is this place where we're going kind of going up or down in numbers? Are we contributing? Like, you know, what should we do kind of thing? I also think it's great for maybe keeping track of what's going on in your local area because sometimes digging in through those, you know, board of supervisors meetings and all those stats, it's really hard to kind of find what the spread is. And uh, the unfortunate reality of the situation is because our government has failed us here in the United States to keep us safe from COVID, anything that I can do to do my own tracking, I really appreciate, (laughs) even if that data is coming from Wikipedia. (laughs) So, well, eh. to to be fair, you're not relying on Wikipedia for information about whether the Hulk could beat the thing in zero gravity. True. But, but yes, but that's, that is, that, that is an excellent point. And I, I, yeah, I like this too, especially uh, recently we also saw uh, that they were adding information about, uh, about wildfires uh, and, and things like that, that it does show what a muscular. For driving directions. Sorry, keep going. Exactly. But but it, it does show what a muscular platform Google Maps is mm-hmm. for develop for delivering relevant relevant information that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with well what's the fastest route to get from A to B uh, the a- awareness of what's going on in your immediate community is really gets the mind going about other things that they could do like uh, imagine if Google knew if, if there were a Google News layer to it. Um, where there's some way of communicating that, oh, this news event happened or is happening like at this – in your if, if you're looking for uh, – uh, whether you're traveling someplace, you're in an unfamiliar city, or you're in your own town mm-hmm. and you're just looking around to see little pips that indicate that here's where a news item happened uh, last night or a couple of days ago. And uh, not just talking about things that uh, – could affect your safety. I'm just talking about. I'm even talking about things like, oh, well, this is where uh, a school held this event. This is where uh, there's. <laughs> even if it was, this is where a yard sale is happening <laughs> next weekend. Uh, but oh, that uh, but would be also, so nice. Here, I'm s- yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but 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 also here here is where also here is where uh, a crime happened, or here is where there was some police activity, uh, and that's can be completely neutral. You don't you you do want to know that oh well there was police responded to a burglary the other night here uh, and well let's, let's have an overlay of all burglaries that have been happening uh but also this is where why why was I here why uh, why am I hearing sirens uh right now this is this is something that happens to me all the time because um there's a, the fire and police station is only about a mile and a half or 2 miles away from my house but also if any time that they're going in a certain compass direction, the only way for the fire truck to get there is to go like essentially through my neighborhood. So there are times where I'll hear, 
you know, one fire truck, and that's okay. That's part of the background noise of uh, of, uh, of of the of living living in the neighborhood. And then the, the, there'll be like a second and a third, and you'll hear like a police a police car. And I know that's not it's not that something's burning down in the neighborhood, but something south and east of here must big must be happening. And now I'm curious enough, I'm distracted enough to say, well, what is happening? It would be nice to tr- pick up Google Maps and see. Well, why is why are why are suddenly all kinds of fire trucks headed? in a certain direction where are they going uh but it's that's just one example of all the different ways that google maps can uh, visualize data in a way that's a lot more accessible all the, all the different times when i don't know to do a google search right now for hey there's an arts fair this weekend but again if i were as as happens way too often i can't remember the name of the takeout place that's a little further down the little farther down the street and i want to phone in an order so i have to like bring up google maps to get the name off of it say oh wow there's actually like a farmer's market that's happening oh okay i i I could use some cider donuts and it would be a lot more helpful and i think they could integrate that you know with the google locals guide and like the google you know they're already doing all that stuff with the reviews um maps forever remains a huge tool in my my toolbox i love it and uh and i also think it's very scary to be able to go into an area and see how badly COVID is (laughs) we're still doing this folks we're still doing this yeah i know i'm 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 that and that's getting back to the original subject yeah Uh, again as i've said before i'm sort of in the Times square of like a quaint new england touristy artsy sort of village and I keep coming so much clo- one step closer to saying, if I have a window that like weekend tourists might be like glancing at, I'm going to just start every Friday, like putting up the, the weekly COVID numbers, especially because we just nationally, we made it past 200,000. I know. And it won't be. And I, and the idea, and every time I think of it, I'm thinking it's not going to be like a big billboard saying, shame, everyone, shame. It's just going to be. Like one now six digit number with the note US, another lower number that's for the with the uh, with the abbreviation of the state, and then maybe even like a second number whether that's that's plus one that's that's plus eight or that's minus two since last since last week, and they'll and unfortunately they will know that oh well there's why is there a six oh that's the national number of COVID deaths that can, that can only be the national number of covid deaths at this point. Yeah. Cuz yeah, there there's there's such an advantage to information that is useful to you, is valuable to you, but you didn't necessarily go looking for at that moment. That kind of hit me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you're it's making me feel bad about what I said earlier about, you know, going trying to flounce around and find a place where we can just be small oh, little... no, no no that's never feel never feel the about that well i, I know just it's just less... it's just that's a very controversial thing like i don't even really tell people when i'm going to go like 40 minutes away because there's the idea of it spreading um right it's just i don't know what else to do guys it's been over six months i have you know i want to go outdoors beyond my house and beyond my neighbors yep. so trying to do what we can in a safe way and um you know what if there are public directories and things we can use like google maps that'll help us make more informed decisions about what we're doing for the safety of others we should be using it 
that's yep. that's where I'm going to land on that. So this next, this next, this last little bit as we're ending out the day, the the episode is uh, something that will surely put a smile on your face, much like how I had a smile put on my face after I realized that what I'd be replacing the Kardashians with is the Cat Arshians, which is a uh, a ongoing feed of a cat family of sisters. <laughs> this is related. It has to do with cats. Okay. So Android 11 has a hidden game and for those of you that have managed to update. And it's it's quite ambitious compared to the last couple of secrets that have been hidden into the versions of Android. As you might know, when you go into the Android settings, they're in every version of the operating system, there's like a little Easter egg that you can unlock. So Lifehacker put up a little article on how we could find Android 11's secret hidden game. And it's a cat game, another cat game. This new hidden game adds uh, adds a new device to Android 11's device controls, which is the feature for accessing smart lights and all that from the power button. This one is called Cat Controls. It's an Android 11 version of the Android 7 Neko Cat game, and it's been upgraded to use Android 11's features like the device controls and chat bubbles. So the new controls include a water bubbler, a toy, and a food bowl, and tapping them attracts none other than cats. So you'll get a notification every time a cat has wandered in, and then you can tap the notification to add that cat to your collection. Uh, the yeah, the kid, the, the the you tap the notification. It's a picture of the kitty, and the kitty like you can have the kitty like in a in a chat bubble. So you have a picture of your kitty like on the side of the side oh, of the screen, cute. And, and you can share pictures of your kitty. And the device controls like it's not just like uh, you get these three things that will attract cats, but you can also like use it. There's a slide the like the water bowl is like a slider, so you can like fill it <laughs> with the slider. And it, no, it it is. Uh, uh, it, it it is interesting. It, it's you you go to you go to the settings app, uh, scroll until you see about phone. Uh, when you see Android version, you tap on that. Uh, tap on the Android version in the next screen, and then because uh, you, you'll see like the Android eleven logo, yep. and you got to like tap kind of fast until it, you can actually turn it to literally to to eleven, and then a little <laughs> cat icon, like a little, little cat emoji, will like pop up on the bottom of the screen saying, "Yes, you've activated cat mode." And then when you hold down the power button and go to the devices menu, suddenly you have these things you can activate. And then again, it's a I uh, I kind of I had forgotten that I'd activated it <laughs> until uh, uh, I, I got notified. So now every now and then I'll get a new notification that oh well a new cat has like wandered in attracted by you know the cat toy. And like, oh, that's not, oh, look that now, now it's sort of like a main, like a, a a gray, like fuzzy, like main barn cat. Like, oh, that's nice. I'll add that to the collection shoe. Yay! <laughs> I, again, it's stupid, but there went in the middle of a long, long day. It's like it's nice to get like a little, like a, a little distraction. Oh, look, it's a kitty. Hello, kitty. Oh, you a kitty. Uh, yes, I will. I, I I feel as though part of my lifestyle has been arranged, or it's I, it's indicative of my lifestyle that um, I give myself permission every time I see a picture of a kitty to say kitty, even if it is again merely a picture of the kitty. There's nobody in the room to notice, particularly if there's nobody in the room to notice that I'm saying kitty, because I I like kitties. Kitties are very very adorable. Oh uh, y'all, 
<laughs> I'm gonna bum you out again. I'm gonna tell you, I've been really missing my cat these days. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I am no, no, really no. missing her. R.I.P. R.I.P. Good kitty. It's because I was looking on Instagram at videos of cats like uh ragdoll cats, you know, which are the most like lovable, fluffy stupid creatures they're just very lovely um and they have the loudest purr and it's just like oh i just really could use a little cat purring on me right now to make everything yeah. feel like it's better i know i've 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 told you before that like my my kitty owning biological clock is ticking yeah i know we've like, been talking about I, this i could have a kitty <laughs> like, i know I I'm, I'm allowed to have kitties in this building and I have enough room for a kitty, and there's a God knows I have enough like empty cardboard boxes just laying around that I don't. I keep getting meaning to get around to cutting up, and they would kitties would love to like have all these boxes to sleep in. You could also duct tape I'm, them I'm, and like create a little cat tower, you know, and just like yes, exactly, yeah. no, exactly. I would, I would be, it would, it would be, I would, I already like see that. Oh, and look, because I got these really, really tall like ceilings, like oh, and I could like. I'd probably, oh, like, you could get, yes. Oh, you could. I get like a, I, I would like find a get get a big cardboard tube and like maybe lay some carpeting like inside so they could climb up through the tube to make it to the top of that bureau that, that's like this eight that's like seven foot high. Th- anyway, uh, it's everyone again, tweet uh, Andy and tell him to get a kitty. Mm, I would I would enjoy <laughs> having a kitty and I and it would definitely be, it would definitely be a rescue. I'm thinking I'm thinking about like waiting until like after. Uh, after after there's a vaccine uh, for covid just to make sure that this is another uh, this this is a this desire pre is a pre-existing desire it's okay. not just something that it, well it is i can I've vouch for you around. it's on it's on the podcast record it, it's right, on true. our so server I, I, I'm, you I'm talking about is, it so exactly um so but so just and also i've i'm i i think i think that there's there's going to be some kitties that need new homes and kitties that need some love I mean, there are maybe are. maybe I'll get yes maybe I, I'll I and maybe I'll get an older cat because particularly one that like anyway yeah you, <laughs> you know what older cats are great I yeah I think uh, guys Andy and Flo need pets that's what's happening right here so <laughs> you know so I'm I'm just I'm just grateful that that uh, that Google has given me a virtual kitty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we could all I wish I, I wish it were oh wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great if like if if it were like an AR feature. Where just I have like, a feeling just, that's coming you, in Android 12. We're going to have an AR Easter egg or something of the sort. Yeah. Um, what, but, I, I, yeah. but wouldn't you wouldn't you love that feature where you just like just, just like a real cat, you just sort of like hear purring like coming from your phone, and you pick up the it's AR really feature not, and you have to look around the know, look around the room it's, it's, and you see, oh look, there's a kitty on the top of the on the top of the dresser. That's cool. Hey, it's very cool. I agree with you. I would love to see that manifested, but it does not replace. The actual feeling of running your nails through cat fur and just like feeling very like zen because you and this ant anyway, guys, this is this is this is hurting. See the, the only the the only hitch for me is that I I do own a lot of black clothing, so I might yeah, have but you to, get like, you get over it because it just becomes a part of you know true becomes a part of the world because the thing is cats will ruin anything. It doesn't matter what color it is, <laughs> they'll ruin anything and you, they'll it. get hair all over everything. So. 
I'm still finding hair and stuff, and like my cat's been gone for a year now, so it's. Oh my god, I've 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 I have another friend that uh, she's a cartoonist, and she just posted like a cartoon on Instagram exactly about that. Yes. Where it's like, oh my, she was like, oh wow, this is like the last time I'll be cleaning like cat fur out of my out of my vacuum. Then a year later, god damn it, more cat fur. On my yes, it moved with later. us, and we moved too, and it's just like it's like <laughs> that is that's a piece of cat hair. Oh, R.I.P. So, um. <laughs> Cats are the gift that keep on giving. Oh my god, I'm so sorry I said that. That was. I'm gonna go on YouTube really... and watch cat videos now. Yeah, we're. I know. I know what my post podcast. Everyone, I'm gonna... pet your cats. Give them some catnip. Don't hug them because they don't really like that. And actually, mm. dogs don't either. So stop trying to convince yourself they do. I, again, <laughs> to, to pr- proving that I'm putting. I'm putting in the work. I have learned uh, not through being clawed by cats, but by academically that when kitties like flop over and show you yeah. their bellies, they're not saying, hi, please scratch my belly. They're s- simply signaling that, hi, I trust you and I'm perfectly comfortable here. Yes. But if you, but if you try to scratch their belly, they'll be like, what? Hey, hey what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Claw, 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 claw. Yeah. Not quite there yet. That, that is what is known as my soft Gabby. underbelly. Yeah. The reason why I was showing it to you is because I thought that you weren't going to be pulling stuff like this. I said, good day, sir. <laughs> Well, everyone, thanks for listening in this week. Um, This was another episode of Material Podcast in the Books. And if you would like to become a sponsor of the show, you can sponsor. You can sponsor us by getting a membership. And you can go to relay.fm slash material for more information on that. And just so you know, like $5 a month will not only help us out, it helps out the rest of the Relay FM network. And it gets you a bunch of great goodies, like secret shows and wallpapers and um, some members only feeds, which kind of bundles in with secret shows. So I just repeated myself, but it doesn't matter. Because those are all exciting things. So, um, Andy, do you have anything you'd like to leave with us this week? Um, anything that you're up to? Nope. Uh, as usual, I'm going to be on my usual NPR slot uh, on WGBH in Boston on Friday at, I think, 1 or one twenty. can't remember which one it is. Uh, but check out my Twitter and you'll find it. And you'll be able to see posts uh, announcing stuff like that. Uh, and if you want to uh, stream it live or later, just go to WGBHnews.org. Uh, or WGBH. Ah, see, that's, that's the problem. It's like, have you ever had the problem where... Uh, you you have to it's wgbhnews.org there you go uh i, I was somebody I, I needed to like punch in my phone number but it was uh, so totally out of context that i couldn't use my muscle memory ah, and so yeah. i had to like rationally and intellectually work out what the sequence of digits was and i'm like i was i was like uh, like i think there's an 8 in there but if you just give me a keypad and or, or give me give me a keyboard like a, a qwerty keyboard, it's like oh the, anyway. Uh, but yes, uh, gbhnews.org. Actually, we did our first uh, phone in Q and A uh, last week, which was super fun. We're going to do it again. Um, we're going to hopefully find a better solution for. It. I talk about adapting workspaces. Um, normally, I would be in the studio, and of course, uh, radio has really good like call screening systems. Uh, so that ideally, in addition to the ones that have been emailed beforehand that I prepared for, uh, people who are actually calling in live, mm. I would see like here are the here are the four callers we've got stacked up. Here is like a short phrase uh, outlining what they're calling about. Okay, so Howard know, okay. Stern of radio. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and but the, so we but that we couldn't get that working. So it was like. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope you're not going to ask me anything about, hi, I, I've got a Fortran compiler that uh, was using uh, POSIX as an operating system, but I don't know how to get it transferred from the Burroughs uh, mini computer that was on before to something that would run VNC. And I'm like, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> I can, I can help you. I can set you, I can, I can hook you up with fries with that, but I can't really figure out. Oh my gosh. Well, Andy, I hope, uh, I, I'll be looking forward to hearing how that goes for you because you know, it's, it is true. We're all changing. We're all changing our, uh, we're all changing things right now. I am going camping, so I am going to go Yay. reset. I need to reset my mind, reset my my situation that's happening here. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but of course, you can always go to florencelion.com if you need any information on me. <laughs> but I feel like beyond that, Andy, we will just meet up here next week. And next week, we have a big thing happening. So we're going to have a yes. lot to talk about next week. I hope everybody Big hardware in. event. Also, I didn't put into the show notes this week because I know we'll talk about it next week. Uh, it is rumored that the Department of Justice, uh, what they intend to do about Google is imminent, or the announcement of what they of huh. what they intend to how they intend to prosecute certain stuff. Uh, a, cer- a certain bozo in a certain office was uh, issuing an executive order today, but it's a totally totally meaningless thing and just a political flex that has no nothing to do with anything that will affect anybody, Living particularly not anybody at Google. <laughs> but this other thing might be interesting to talk about. Um, wonderful. Well, until next week, then everybody get some rest, drink water, uh, take a nap. It's okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of work and fight ahead. So rest up, and we will see you in a week. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Have a happy. 